Do you know who this is, Mr. Dixon? No, I don't. Well, then, would you be so kind as to read the statement that you took from him on the 3rd of November, 1974? A statement, my lord, which vindicates all of these people, all these innocent people. My lord, people, I need to someone, see a copy of someone, this Someone, either that man or, or his superior or his superior's superior, ordered that these people be used as scapegoats by a nation that was paying for blood. My lord! In return for the innocent blood spilled on the streets of Belfast. And by God, you've got Pierce your is blood, Mr. Welcome to Stuff We've Seen. This is Jim, and with me as always is Teal. And now, here she is, the movie maven of Ithaca, Carrie. Hi, guys. <laughs> Carrie gets her own introduction today. Wow. <laughs> Excellent. I'm mixing it up. Carrie's with us today. Yay. I'm here. Yay. Um, and we're not talking about uh, women filmmakers uh, today. And the reason why, because we're going to talk about Academy Awards and you, we all know that w- women just don't seem to get nominated <laughs> <laughs> for Best Picture uh, Director. Oscars um, so male. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oscars always male, pretty much. Uh, yeah, always male. I think. Catherine Bigelow. Well, yes, and she actually will come up in one of the years that we're going yeah. to talk about because we're talking about 2005 through 2009, and I want to say only five women have been nominated for Best Director all time. Uh, I don't know, uh, but that sounds about right. And only That's distressing. And none of them have ever been nominated twice. So that would be Lena Wertmuller for Seven Beauties, that was the first uh, female to be nominated. Then you have to go uh, many years later to Jane Campion or Champion, is it? Campion. 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 For the piano. Then Sophia Coppola for Lost in Translation. Okay. That's the third. Catherine Bigelow would be the fourth. And then uh, Lady Bird. Oh, yes. <laughs> Greta Gerwig? Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird. That's it. Five. Wow. They're like, we tried it and it didn't work. So (laughs) we gave up. So before we jump into this, I have a quick rant. And then I think Carrie, to kick it off, is going to have a little bit of a rant on the Oscars. So uh, my rant is this week, HBO launched their new streaming (laughs) service, Mm -hmm. HBO Max. Okay. And- It's one of the most confusing launches in the history of streaming launches. I read a whole article trying to explain how this works, and I still don't quite get it. It it doesn't – they've had over a year 
to get this right. Uh, Disney Plus launched, and I would say they did an amazing Yes, job. they did. Uh, they made it almost impossible, even if you're not a big Disney fan, to not want to. <laughs> you have to subscribe. They made it sort of it's like socially unacceptable to not subscribe to Disney+. Plus. They made it super inexpensive. Uh, if you happen to be getting like a new iPhone that year, which we actually had to upgrade and get it, you got like free year of it, um, which was only like $6, but you know. Yeah, it reminds me of when... I think it was iTunes, like, forced that U2 album on everybody. Oh, like, yeah. I don't want this. I still, that's those songs. Is this on my phone? Those songs still come up, and I'm like, yeah, I can't I'm get being assaulted. It. It, it's, a, it's a really bad album. Um, but I have HBO. Uh, I used to have it as part of cable. But then we dropped cable and then got, you know, just internet. And that was working out pretty good because we had what I think you, Teal, have. You had YouTube TV. Yep, I got that, yeah. One week after we get YouTube TV, they raised the price. <laughs> One week. So then it was like, wow, you know, really, we're saving some money, but not a ton. Well, four months down the road, we're going along happily. Well, our cable finally yeah. realized, oh, we lost out. So, not, so they gave us this amazing deal to come back where we got like a free two years of Netflix. Uh, so we didn't, and we were paying for that separately. So right. That's great. Now we don't have to pay for Netflix for two years. They lowered our entire bill from what it used to be, which is like if you ask them when in two years are up to lower the bill, they'll like laugh at you. But you wait four <laughs> months and suddenly <laughs> basically bottom line is we get t way more stuff than we had before and we're paying what we were paying when we when we cut the cord. So we went back. Uh, but we kept HBO separate because we'd already had it as a right. separate standalone so we could have it on our Roku and it's like HBO now. Yeah. So now we get into this HBO Max where like, okay, well, what does that mean? And there was like talk about, well, it'll convert over and all this other stuff. And it's like, well, is it a separate subscription? And, you know, I'd read like 20 different things. And lo and behold, the day comes. And I was really excited because one film on a recent uh, 150 critics poll of the best films of 2000 through 2010 uh, that uh, this guy's site, World of Real, was hosting. And he does all these different decades. And I thought it was interesting because we've been talking about the last uh, that decade for the Oscars. And one of the top 10 films was Spirited Away, which I've never seen. And we talked about how Oh, yeah, we talked that. about it, yeah. So I was all excited because for the first time, uh, those movies. Uh, all the whole Miyazaki collection. Yeah. They're all going to be on HBO Max. And I was like, well, that's it. On Wednesday, I'm going to watch that. I'm going to, we'll, we'll download whatever the new app is and we'll get all that <laughs> headache. So. And then we discover that lo and behold, we already knew it. If we had HBO as a cable service with, right. uh, you know, I I Xfinity, we knew that it wasn't going to be offered yet through that. Right. However, that's okay. I had Roku, right? <laughs> wrong <laughs> wrong you cannot access it yet they didn't work out a deal with roku yet yes and, and then oh yeah so there's all these crazy things where we have an xbox one but that's like downstairs and then we have this thing because my son's like had got this for christmas some gaming thing that's through google and it's like this yeah. google chromecast yes and 
when <laughs> this is such a long story, but we had to buy a new one because that one got lost because it's like a little it's a little puck. Yeah. And it, it got lost. It may have been thrown out. We don't know. Uh, so we got a new one. We couldn't connect to this thing. We finally, like, rather than throwing a TV out the window, we just gave up. And and I'm just like, this is insane. Roku is one of the most popular streaming devices. Yeah. And when it's day one of a uh, and you're in heavy competition with all these other streaming services, you make sure you've cornered the market. So everybody who wants it can get it. I actually think they don't have an app for um, Amazon Fire either. They don't. There's supposedly some workaround that some jokers have been posting online, but like workaround, like Amazon. And then I think there's even a problem with older Apple TVs and it's just- If I wanted to do a workaround, I would just pirate stuff. Of course. And that's what you don't want. They don't want you to be doing that. Right. But but that's my point. If they're making it this difficult, like the whole idea is it should be pretty easy to do. I don't, I don't want to be doing workarounds. Carrie, do you have HBO? I do. I have HBO now. And I have been connecting my laptop to my TV to watch oh. everything. Oh, you are doing it that way? Is it in, in working out okay? Yeah. And I've just been used to doing that for years because Ithaca doesn't have a TV signal. Like, I don't even understand what's actually happening with real TV <laughs> yeah. for like 20 years, honestly. You, and you were so, an early adopter. <laughs> I just figured out like, oh, maybe I should get a Roku because <laughs> I don't have to connect my laptop to the yeah. TV anymore. Like it's a monitor. So I literally just bought a, a Roku TV where it's all integrated. It oh. hasn't arrived yet. Okay. But now I'm like, oh, okay. But so I'm not going to be able to watch HBO Max on it. Which <laughs> Eventually, I just learned they from will. you. <laughs> yeah, they they will. They just didn't have it ready for launch, which is a big mistake. Yeah, I just I just yeah. wonder, like, you know, how these people? It, it just boggles the mind because now there's like a lot of bad taste in the mouth, and yes, you know. The fact is, is that at some point you have to cut something. And then in this big, great race, what's going to happen is there will be these uh, different services. They will just disappear. And then there'll be others that'll get engulfed by bigger players, as always happens. So there's a big race. But right now, you know, when HBO Max does something like this, it's just a turnoff. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so before I even get into 2005s, which we were just about to get to when we ran out of time, uh, last time we did Oscars, is Carrie, you have some thoughts about the Oscars in general. I do. <laughs> and so I am participating in this countdown and we'll be talking to you about the movies, but I just wanted to give the small <laughs> minor caveat that I hate the Oscars. <laughs> have you always and hated I, them? I've No, I haven't always hated them. Okay. This like came over me. I <laughs> like a wave, my, <laughs> like a wave in my thirties. I would say maybe late thirties, where I was okay. just like, I mean, obviously they're just they don't they almost never go to anybody who's anywhere close to being superlative. Um, but I think it's like the country's prom, but only the popular <laughs> kids are invited, and they give each other awards. And well, the nerds, are, yeah, the nerds and the weirdos are there, but they're like way in the back seats, and it's clear they don't have stylists or surgeons or anything. Which good, <laughs> good for them, by the way. I'm not faulting them. I like the weirdos and the nerds. And you know, I think about like who's giving these awards and why, and it just seems to me to be just like old rich white man slash other white people, uh, just to give them make themselves more money. And there, so it just seems very like people who are earnest about like stars and directors and that are earnest about the Oscars just seem really pretentious to me. It makes me laugh 
that they actually believe that it has meaning. Well, remember, this is an industry where when an actor raps their part on a set, everybody stands up and applauds. Like, I remember it can work when we finish a project. It was a good job, guys and gals. Now it's time to the next project. Nobody was applauding and standing up. No. But they do that. Yeah. And it's just, it's like all extremely conservative and traditional. And then I also just think like, ranking creative things just doesn't really work it's like how can you compare such different movies and call one the best movie (laughs) and i think i sort of think like there's a big cluster that's really good and there's a big you know there's maybe there's a small cluster every year that's that's good and a small cluster that's really bad and then there's a huge cluster that's in the middle and it's not, I, I just like, it seems like comparing apples and oranges sometimes to be like, which one is the best one? Well, some, I mean, sometimes they capture a, a cultural moment. For some culture. Well, but it also, I think it more serves as a historical artifact because you look back sometimes and sometimes you're scratching your head like, really? What was going on in the country that this was, this was the thing? But other times... You go and say, oh, yeah, I remember that was like a really big to-do that this movie came out. Like, you know, in 1974, The Towering Inferno. <laughs> that was a so, Best Picture nominee, see? <laughs> so This is capturing the zeitgeist. <laughs> so I have here a, uh, a quote from Louis B. Mayer. Uh, the Harvey Weinstein of his day. Well, yes, in a way. He was the most powerful man in Hollywood and kept control over the town. And he was very uh, tied into creating the Oscars. Uh, He was a driving force behind creating the Oscars. And so here's a quote from him. I found the best way to handle movie makers was to hang medals all over them. If I got them cups and awards, they'd kill themselves to produce what I wanted. That's why the Academy Award was created. Well, see, there you go. So yeah, that, yeah, that checks out. <laughs> well, it is. So you know, for like this, this, this amazing figure. There's all these awards, right? There's a thousand awards that come out for the movies at the end of every year, uh, and and the season always ends with the Oscars. But for yes. some reason, no critic award, no other award in any medium seems to have the cachet that that little golden statue does. Yeah. And again, for why we're why are we doing this? It serves more of a, an opportunity because everyone, you know, there's life still hasn't returned to normal, especially in terms of movies. I mean, there's nobody really going to the movies. Very few uh, theaters are even open. So this just gives people like if they haven't seen some of these films and we're curious, if we say we liked one or we really hated it and they want to find <laughs> out, they can go and watch these films because for the large part, most of these are found on uh, streaming services. Not always at the same time. I find I want to watch a movie. It's not available. And then three months later, it's available. But uh, we're going to start now that we've spent 14 minutes talking about other things. We're going to, <laughs> we're going to kick off the program. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to now, on a particular year, I'll read all the nominees. I'll tell you which film won Best Picture and Director. Sometimes it's a little different, only in a few years. Okay, so 2005, and we mentioned this many times before, that 2005 is legendary because it really caused an outrage for many that a particular film, which was crashed by director Paul Haggis, uh, won Best Picture over what most people in the industry 
and even audiences thought was the surefire winner, which was Brokeback Mountain by director Ang Lee. Ang Lee won the director award that year. So I think that audiences were just expecting Brokeback Mountain to win and then instead uh, Crash by Paul Haggis won. Uh, So those are two of the five. The other three nominees was Bennett Miller's Capote, uh, which featured the Oscar-winning performance by a person that Carrie actually briefly knew in college. Correct me if I am wrong, Carrie. I mean, I Philip met him. Philip Hoffman. He was he was roommates with Fabrice and Will. There you go. Oh, it was Fabrice. Huh. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I met him a couple times. I didn't really know him. I, know. I just thought it was a little excited, like yes. to throw out there, yes. you know. Because if I didn't Hoffman. mention it, you'd be like, "Why well, didn't mention that? I actually met the guy." Um, <laughs> I didn't. So you know, the, that was at NYU, and then this was an interesting uh, thing. George Clooney comes out of nowhere to decides to direct a movie, uh, Good Night and Good Luck, and that was nominated for Best Picture and Director. And I'm interested to hear what uh, each of your thoughts are on that movie. And then there was uh, Steven Spielberg for a film that I can't wait to hear Teal's take on it because I know he hates it, <laughs> is Munich, a movie that I actually liked. But uh, those are the five nominees. And now I am going to kick it off uh, with Carrie to hear her thoughts and we'll get into it. Uh, crashes, racist garbage. Okay. <laughs> That's my thought on that one. <laughs> I I haven't, I mean, I saw it when it came out and I, what I remember is the characters were very flat and it was a very white man perspective. And I felt like kind of like almost abused by watching the movie, like that it was so offensive. Did you see it in the theater? I saw it on home video. I I'm not I'm not actually sure. I can't remember. Um, but I think Brokeback Mountain was beautiful. I loved Brokeback Mountain, and Capote was really interesting. And the other two, I I saw both of them, but I don't have strong opinions about. Is there any films in 2005 that you can even remember that you thought were really good? Doesn't mean you know they deserved it more, but is there any? Yeah, that no, no, no. I do have a clump. I mean, I can list a few movies that I really loved from 2005, and I actually did make a list for each oh, year. I, I want to hear them. Um, so 2005, I'm just going to go really fast and list them without saying directors. Okay. The squid and the ma- the squid and the whale. Yes. Ca- yeah. Cache. You yes. and me, uh, me and you and everyone we know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Junebug, ah. The Ice Harvest, the, the House of Sand, which is a Brazilian film, mm. um, Forty Shades of Blue, Heading South, which is French, mm. and The Ballad of Jack and Rose. Okay. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. There's a few I don't even know. Those are my favorites. Although I also really liked Brokeback Mountain. Right. Those would be my favorites from yeah. 2005. It's always nice if one of your favorite movies at least makes the cut. <laughs> it five. doesn't happen every year. I'll right. tell you that. Well, then it doesn't happen to, for me either. And that's when I always yeah. feel that that's a really problematic year because I like to think that at least my tastes from a critical eye at least match up on a good year, two or three of the films. On a bad year, at least one. And on a terrible right. year, zero. <laughs> right. Now, Teal, what are your takes on these five films? Okay, uh, I love Brokeback Mountain. Uh, I've said many times before, and I'll say it again, that Jake Gyllenhaal is the greatest actor of his generation. Okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll just say that over and over again. But no, Brokeback Mountain is a really beautiful film, and it 
should have won. These other films are uh, Capote. I liked uh, Good Night and Good Luck. I liked, uh, didn't love it. Munich. I didn't like, and the reason I didn't like it, I think you know. <laughs> yes, but Carrie might not. Is I that know. I? Yeah. I do not like Eric Bana. Uh, ah. It's a weird thing that he. It's really a weird thing. <laughs> I I really hate him. I find him really cold and unengaging, and I can't empathize with him at all as an actor. So I can't get into his movies. I can see that. So, you know, it may be a good movie, but I just didn't care because it was Eric Bana. You just wanted to punch Eric Bana in the face the whole time. <laughs> he kind of did. I think it might be in ways, maybe his performance has come off, is because he's Australian, but oftentimes he does not play an right. Australian. He plays either an American or something. So when he's putting on a different accent, it probably affects his performance differently, maybe? Uh, there could be something like that going on. Yeah. Uh, but you hate uh, him. <laughs> I really hate him. Uh, yeah. I, it's, I think my hate started with uh, with that Hulk movie. <laughs> Which is Ang Lee, by the way. <laughs> Which is also <laughs> Ang Lee. And I didn't so, mind that movie that much. So um, this Crash movie, I- Which you, uh, you just saw this film this past week, right? I had not seen it. I had heard terrible things about it. Uh, and I knew that everyone hated that it won Best Picture and everyone was pissed off about it. I don't think I watched the Oscars of that year. So I just saw this movie this week. And you would never have watched it other than the fact that you knew we were going to do this program. And I kind of was like, how can we have this big discussion if you haven't seen it? I, I felt like, yeah, it was, I, I felt obligated and, you know, frankly, a little bullied, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it, okay. So it took me like three settings, sittings to watch this movie. Okay. <laughs> and I, I was in shock, really, right, <laughs> r right from the beginning, and you know, just scraping my jaw off the floor. I, I couldn't believe that every single scene in this movie, it, there's a racist character, or the scene is about race in, in some really overt way, and it was like I could not believe the lack of subtlety of this movie. There was, there was absolutely nothing, not a single subtle moment in it. And so it leaves really nothing for the audience to do other than to be talked down at. And I guess it's offensive. It's, it's, it's so clueless and so misinformed. And so, yeah, I think it's basically a cartoon about racism in America and cast everything well not only that it sort of goes for every cliche about racism you know it, at the beginning there's two black guys talking about racism and then they turn out to be carjackers and it's like really we're gonna just go with these cliches like they're <laughs> i don't know i just was so shocked by really how bad this movie is it's an embarrassment that this movie uh won best picture it's it's i mean yes the oscars are stupid and this is this movie i think points out why the oscars are so stupid wow i totally <laughs> agree with all of that and i think you know it's like most racism is subtle and institutionalized i i have heard from people of color ways that it's almost a relief to deal with racists who are overtly racist. Right. It's the tension of not knowing, like assuming that everybody else is racist, but 
acting behind your back and their micro microaggressions and not giving you a raise and not giving right. you a mortgage and but you don't know and so i mean i think there's so much about racism in this country that's just like baked into every mundane aspect yes. of life well and this really made me think about this movie uh dear white people have you seen that yeah i haven't seen it but i know it's i know it's on streaming i can see it yeah so it's, it's a like good one it's like an and it is it's a comedy and so it's over the top and overt in a lot of ways uh but it's also a movie in which every single scene is about racism in one way or another and some of those scenes are really subtle and awkward and some of them are much more overt like people going to a party in blackface but some of them are just weird little social interactions that are highly uncomfortable uh and that movie uh, I think gave me a much better picture of sort of the different types of racism, uh, whereas Crash is just so overt and silly. Crash won best screenplay. It's shocking. It's got to be good. It won best screenplay. It's shocking. It is just, this movie is abhorrent. Okay, we're going we're gonna to get back to Crash when I jump in, but we're going to table that for a second because I'm curious if there's any films in 2005, um, either that Carrie mentioned or anything else that you think should have been in the conversation. Not really, and not off the top of my head, no. Oh, that's interesting. There, there were, I mean, there's this, uh, some other decent movies from, uh, I think Jarhead I liked. Yeah, well, that was 2005. Yeah, that was good. Yep, but it wasn't like, great. But of course, it had your your man. Well, it's got Gyllenhaal in it, so it's got to be good, kind of no matter what. The Gyllenhaal touch. Oh. Well, what was your favorite <laughs> film of 2005? Do you even have one that you can think of? Uh, I would say Brokeback Mountain. Okay. All right. Well, I'll- yeah, I, I really loved that movie, kind of unabashedly. So this was an interesting year because I had some very uh, kind of whatever reactions to the nominees, most for the most part. Uh, I'm going to save Crash for last. <laughs> uh, good night, good luck. I was so excited to see it. I it's a, it's a very brief movie. It's an hour and a half, and at the end, I was like, yeah. "What the f?" This was there was nothing to this movie, and because it was so critically lauded, I did watch it again uh, when it was on you know cable because I was like, "Well, maybe I just wasn't in the right frame of mind. It's got to be better." And I missed something. <laughs> nope, didn't miss it. It was terrible. Um, so I didn't even like that movie. Not even in my top ten. Uh, Capote I respected it. But it's, I felt a little bit cold other than the central performance by Philip Seymour Hoffman. And then there's another film that came out around the same time. Uh, and it was all in the same subject matter. I can't remember it. It was not the movie that, you know, got major release. However, I thought that was a way better movie. Another Truman Capote movie? Yeah, yes. Sandra Bullock played- um, Yeah, that's right. That's a great film. It's very interesting. Uh, and it really focuses on Capote in a different way. So yeah. that- and it was a British actor. Yes, Toby something. Toby. He looked yes. just like him. It was it was freakish. I just happened to like that movie better, but I saw that I mean, I saw that later. It's just it, it, everything I liked about the other movie is what I didn't like about Capote. It, so it's just not one of my favorites, but I love the performance by yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. So those are two. Uh, Brokeback Mountain, respected it. And I have to just say, I really wasn't moved. I know it's terrible. I'm, I know what? I'm shocked. I didn't. What's find, wrong with you? You have no soul. <laughs> I know. I don't know what was wrong with me, but I saw that. And you uh, love a romance. Yeah, it just. I don't know. I. I just. It, it, I just. I, you know, there was. I thought one not so great performance in the movie, which was. Uh, 
<sighs> the Princess Diaries there. What's her name? Anne Hathaway. Yeah. I just didn't like her performance in it. No, it wasn't it wasn't the best. Yeah, there was just little things. I mean, but the two the two actors together, Heath Ledger and um, Jake Gyllenhaal, that's the guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it, look, it was heartbreaking. I mean, at the end with uh, Heath Ledger and the coat and, uh, you know, it, it, it definitely was a great movie, but it just wasn't my favorite. You know, when you, not when you have a movie like Crash in the mix. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> you know? um, but here's my thoughts on, on, on Crash. I remember when it came out. It came out towards the beginning of that year and a lot of critics seemed to like it. Audiences, it was a big hit. It didn't really appeal to me very much, and I think it was in the time where you know I, I my my girlfriend at the time and I were broken up, but we're still living together, and so that was an awkward situation, and we just mm. weren't getting out to the. Sometimes we'd go to the movies still, even though we were broken up, and we just didn't go see that. Now, at work, there was a woman who was sort of the head of the creative agency, and I had a meeting with her. And she knew I was into movies and stuff. So she's like, I saw the greatest movie. You must see this film. I'm like, oh, yeah, what is it? She's like, it is so powerful, so moving, about really about things. And I'm like, well, what is this movie? She's like, Crash. Have you seen it? And I'm like, no, I haven't. Uh, and then I was out of theaters. And so kind of on that recommendation, I said, well, I guess I got to see this movie now uh, when it came on video. And I watched this thing and it hadn't been nominated for anything yet, right? And then end of the year awards. And I so I watched it without the notion of like, what, this right. one best picture? I watched it and I thought, well, I don't know. I mean, this person was gushing about this movie. I'm like, what was she gushing about? There's not, you know, it's it seems very obvious. There's a couple yeah. of interesting scenes. I thought the Matt Dillon character was interesting. There was that moment where he has to confront the person he victimized, but in the car crash. I, I thought right. that was, a, there was like, a, you know, so there's a couple interesting things. I, I didn't hate it at the time. It's just, it was like, oh, it's the movie I rented. And then the nominees came out and it was talking about what movies they thought was surely in. And the fact that Crash was becoming part of the conversation in the first place, I was shocked. I was like, that movie? No, 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 no. I'm like, it's a weak year, but no, 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 no. And so then, which people really don't want to admit, but I follow the Oscars and I'm going to tell you right now, it was always a two horse race between Crash and Brokeback Mountain. No other films were in discussion for winning. It was going to be one of those two movies. That's what everybody talked about. So even though Crash was a surprise winner, it wasn't a surprise that the votes were split and that the director's branch, you know, not everybody uh, – votes for director. So, right. it, you know, it, it didn't surprise me that there was a split. And since Crash has every actor on the planet in it, actors branch is the biggest. They vote. They voted for their friend Crash. Uh, so that was that. Now, the fifth movie, Munich, aside from a couple of Spielbergy moments where he kind of blows it, I thought that uh, if you took those aside, I thought it was a masterpiece. I just thought the way he handled the spy aspects and sometimes when Spielberg does things that you don't expect him to do, it's very interesting. The way he handles violence, the way he shows it as violent as it possibly can be to really illustrate the point of how senseless violence can be and how destructive and explosive, it, it, it really is effective. But then he also does silly things like that scene with the, um, the terrorist meetup with Banna. 
in the safe house. Oh, yes, yes. I, I hate that scene. And there's a couple other moments that are very Spielbergy in the way he edits them that are suspenseful, but they're very Spielbergy. I don't like, but I like when the, the, the little unit has to go and kill the woman who was hired to kill one of theirs. Right. And other scenes, it's just, uh, I, I just really, really liked that film. Um, so out of the five nominees, I, I would have picked that one, but that's just, you know, I'm always against the grain. Um, however, the movie I thought was the best film of the year mm-hmm. is a movie that seems to be largely forgotten. No one talks about it now, but I thought it was this director's one of his best films. I thought it was the absolute best film of the year. And I was surprised that it didn't get nominated for Best Actor and Best Picture. And I thought maybe that this would be his opportunity to finally win Best Director nomination was David Cronenberg's A History of Violence. Oh, yeah. How did that not get that? Didn't that get like a screenplay nomination? It may have gotten adapted screenplay and it also got a nomination for and I was so happy about this because when I watched the film, even though he's only in it a couple scenes, as soon as the film was over, I was like, that was one of the best supporting little cameo performances I've seen in years was William Hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, lo- I don't know. I loved that movie. I, I thought it had a lot of interesting meaning about violence and its effect and how you can run from your past, but it comes up and it can catch up with you. Yeah. I thought Viggo Mortensen was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it was my favorite film of 2005, but it just, you know, not only didn't get nominated, it's just a lot of people forget that movie even existed. Right. Uh, I also like The Squid and the Whale, as Carrie mentioned. There was one other movie I forgot to mention when you were asking me. It was uh, The New World. It's a beautiful film. Terrence Malick? Yeah, I don't know if, uh, yeah, it's Terrence Malick. And... I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. You've seen the full cut? Or the or the theater cut? I don't know. You've probably seen the theater cut. <laughs> I've only seen the theater cut. Have you seen the full cut, Teal? I have not. I plan to, but uh, I yeah, I haven't seen I heard the, the full, full cut. cut is amazing. Yep, uh, and I, you know, it's I, I'm not saying it necessarily should have been nominated, but it's a film from that year that I like. Ex- exactly. I'm, the only movie that I'm mentioning that I really thought. I really feel, um, especially over Good Night, Good Luck, that A History of Violence should have been nominated. I also feel that, and I'm mention that, I feel that Woody Allen's Match Point was amazing. Match Point is really good. I loved yeah. it. I thought it was um, a really tight screenplay, very suspenseful. Yeah. Um, I, I just really liked that movie. So that, that would be another film. And then, like I said, Squid and the Whale, um, that's a little bit of a cherished film. I mean, it's really short, but they pack in so much. Um, and I really like the performances in that. Yeah, it was, it was pretty great. Man, I just want to go on and on about how terrible Crash is, but I'll stop myself. <laughs> We're not, we don't have time for that. Um, we'll, we'll another program. And then the other movie that I really, really liked, I thought it was one of, I thought it was another great performance by Bill Murray, uh, was Jim Jarmusch's Broken Flowers. Oh, yes. That was a great movie. Yep. I liked it. It's okay. You don't have to love it, Gary. I don't. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I didn't say it should be, but I'm just saying it was another film that I really liked that I don't think people think about too much and it did yeah. come out in 2005. Totally. Um, believe me, I had to search back too because I'm like, 2005, <laughs> what movies did I even see? Uh, yeah. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be able to recall off the top of my head what came out in what year. 
Now, the next year, 2006, is another year where I think only a couple of the movies nominated made my top 10. And when I would have maybe considered, certainly I wouldn't have considered the film that won Best Picture and some of the other nominees. And that's just finally uh, Martin Scorsese. He wins Best Director and Best Picture for The Departed. He was up against um, Alejandro G. Anerito for Babel, which was the uh, multi-language version of Crash. And that's how I felt <laughs> about that movie. Uh, then you had Clint Eastwood came out with sort of two looks at yes. World War II and two very interesting uh, approaches to Iwo Jima. And the first movie was terrible. And then the second film was a masterpiece, Letters from Iwo Jima. <laughs> yeah, how did that you know, happen? <laughs> I, it was very fascinating because after seeing the first one, Flags of Our Father, I thought, oh, this movie's going to be terrible. And then the guy, I don't know, he just comes up and he gave me a movie and an approach of World War II that I hadn't seen. It was fantastic. Then you had Little Miss Sunshine. Mm-hmm. That's a film that I'm wanting to hear what your thoughts are, both of I've you. I've seen it. I've seen it too. And so you, you'll just have to tell me and then I'll get into talking about that film. And, and it did not get nominated for Best Director. Paul Greengrass for United 93, another movie largely forgotten. I thought it was the best film of 2006. And then The Queen, Stephen Frears, which I also really liked. And now, Carrie, thoughts from you. Uh, I don't care about any of these. <laughs> okay. So there you go. I, okay. So, but I did not. So to be fair, I didn't see The Queen or Letters from Iwo Jima. Oh. And, well, that is hard to care about them if you didn't see them. It is. And they that are the best two of the bunch. <laughs> but wait, I want to hear what you think about Babel, Carrie. I don't remember Babel. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's that's, that I think me. says it all. <laughs> <laughs> makes me a, a patchy guest. Okay. Well, then well, what did you like in 2006? Oh my gosh, I've, I liked a lot of movies this year. Well, let's hear um, about them. Yeah. Pan's Labyrinth, I love. Oh, yes. And, you know, I heard you, uh, Jim, talking on another episode about how, how can a horror movie and I, be best picture? And I'm like, why can't a horror movie be best picture? I mean, I think a picture of any genre could be best picture. No, no, that's not exactly what I'm saying. Just like a... You weren't? No. You were just having a little rant. Maybe about, that, maybe about a particular, said, maybe about a particular said, horror movie. Yeah, I think it was, but you literally came out with those words and I was like, oh! <gasps> I think it was like whether or not, uh, what was that movie, The Us? That horror movie. Just because... Okay. It, yeah, I didn't I didn't like that movie that much, but... Uh, oh, I love that movie. I mean... But, uh, okay, so, so here's... I'll just like run through because there's like... Yeah. 15 of them or something. Pan's Labyrinth, uh, The Lives of Others. Oh, that's on my list too? Yes. Um, and again, this isn't, I think this is the best movie. These are just movies I liked. This it's okay. We're not going to, we're not going to bring, we're not going to come to your house and <laughs> the, the take host. you away. <laughs> well, unless you say crash again, you know. <laughs> Crashes every year. I'm just adding crashing. The Host. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, Marie Antoinette, Inside Man. Okay. The Fall. Friends with Money. Mm. Volver. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Half Nelson, which I thought was an interesting oh, yeah, with, flip okay, on yeah. the white savior narrative. Yeah. Red Road, I've talked about Andrea Arnold. Away from her, uh, Sarah Polly. Yep. Day right. Night, Day Night, which is about a suicide bomber. Oh, okay. In the US. Tell No One, which is a French thriller. And Rescue Dawn. Oh, okay. Oh, I had forgotten about Rescue Dawn. Rescue, I like that yeah. movie. I, a lot of movies packed into that year. I really like Little Dieter Needs to Fly, too. So it's yes, like me the, too. 
non-documentary sort of story of the same person. Those, that's my list. Well, that's a good list. Yeah, I, do. I wasn't really moved by The Departed very much. I no, mean, it's, I thought it was not even that great a Scorsese movie. <laughs> Little Miss Sunshine was kind of whatever for me. Too. I mean, you know, it was fine. I like Alan Arkin. It was kind of silly. Uh, the ending was weird, <laughs> um, but I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. You know, I was just kind of lukewarm about that. And then I didn't, I didn't see most of the other ones. I didn't see the queen. What? Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, you two. What? You know what? I don't know what may have turned you off, but I got to <laughs> tell you, you, you'd be so shocked. This movie is Excellent. It really is a pretty profound film. Amazing score, amazing performance. It's really well directed by Stephen Frears. The Queen is great. Okay. And I don't know, maybe you don't watch The Crown now, but it was also written by the guy who oh, wrote The Crown. And okay. It's just a really fascinating look at a cold person who is above tradition and didn't like Princess Diana right. and found her a nuisance and couldn't couldn't come to terms with this death and how it meant to so many people and just couldn't like find within her to care. And she has to go through and just, she learns something I think about the world through this right. movie and the death of somebody that meant so much more than she means to her people. Right. Uh, it's a really fantastic film. I, I really recommend ta- checking it out. I just assumed that was a film that everybody had seen. So I'm surprised. No, yeah, I, I never saw it. it. Yeah, uh, no, it sounds great. And I love, Helen Mirren and I think I just biopics aren't I'm not usually drawn to them and once in a while well, that's I, fascinating yeah I I'm just, not always I biopics it's not a biopic though it's just about a I think I like a biopic when it's a section of of that of, of the right experience. it's just this one little story out of this person's life right that's true yeah it's literally just a few days leading up to her death to then a few days after it's like about a okay. week yeah very, very good movie. It, it's, it sounds great. Yeah, and it does. Yeah. And you know, it could have easily fallen into that feeling like a play, but it doesn't. It's never feels like that. Interesting. Okay, I'll I'll check it out. I I out of those five movies, though, I don't know. I I'm not a big fan of The Departed, and part of my problem with The Departed was that I saw the original movie, right? Which I have not. Yeah, and so this just was like an American remake to me and that's basically it. like it never really rose above that even though it's well made and has decent performances and everything uh the story and held no surprises for me because i what's seen the that. original is it japanese uh it's korean it's called Infer- okay. infernal affairs oh I think. right 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 yeah it's it's pretty good and it is a trilogy i've only seen the first one but yeah, so out of those five films, I don't know. I mean, I got a couple other movies I liked from that year. Oh yeah, which ones are those? Uh, the Illusionist. I I think that was actually a number ten in my my top ten that year. Okay, yeah, we were just talking about it the other day. How we liked it better than the Prestige. Uh, I like parts of the Prestige and not other parts. Overall, yeah, I like The Illusionist. A movie that I think uh, has sort of a complicated reputation, but I, I like is um, A Scanner Darkly. Didn't like it. Okay. Have you seen it, Carrie? Yes, I saw it. I didn't hate it. I okay. I, I don't have really strong memories about it, but I, <laughs> I, didn't ha- I didn't hate it. I didn't totally love it. It's one of my favorite books. Mm. And so I'd been looking forward to a movie of it for years and years and years. Uh, it had gone through, like Charlie Kaufman was going to do it at one point. 
so I'd sort of been following the rights to the book to see, you know, what was going to happen with this movie. And it's not, you know, it's not the, it's not the best version of the book that it, 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 it could have been. Uh, but I still kind of like the movie. And it's Wouldn't Richard say I love Linklater. It. Yeah. Richard Linklater. Yeah. And it's the animation was really interesting. Yeah. The rotoscoping. Yeah. That he had also done in Waking Life. Yeah. I loved Waking Life, by the way. Yeah. Waking Life is great. Okay. Here's a really weird one from that year maybe kind of obscure that I really liked uh, the wind that shakes the barley. Yep. Ken Loach. I remember, um, but I didn't, I don't, I didn't see it. Uh, yeah. That was a movie I liked. And <laughs> okay. While we're there, I'm going to put myself out on the line here and say, yes, I liked Miami vice. I can't even remember. That's the problem is I just remember it's got Colin Farrell and, and, and he's like my Eric Bana. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah, I like Jamie Foxx, but Colin Farrell. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes! There's there's a couple performances of his that I don't mind. So what do you got? What do you got on your list, Jim? Well, all right. We think we all feel the same way about The Departed. Look, I love Martin Scorsese. I was happy for him, but I'm also a guy who would not vote for my favorite director if he made a movie that I didn't like that much. And yeah, uh, you know, there was a couple of great moments in The Departed, but uh, you know, being from Boston. I, there there are some things that really bothered me in that movie. And one was <laughs> that it was like the apartments that they were living in, no one could afford under their salaries. It bothered me. And it was also really poorly blue screened or green screened or whatever. It looked terrible. <laughs> the lighting was horrible. That ending, that ending with the rat going on the uh, the railing, it was embarrassing. <laughs> Freaking so embarrassing. embarrassing. And how does he win best? He should have lost it because of that ending. It was because so horrible. Because of the rat. And it wasn't just because of the rat. It's because the, the special effects of it looked so poor. It was horrible. So, I you know, like, let's, I can't believe it with the rat. Yeah. And, and you know what? I got to be honest. For his last real major, major performance, I think Jack Nicholson was woefully miscast. That's just my take. I don't, I didn't yeah. buy it. I, I bought him with Jack Nicholson in a Martin Scorsese movie. <laughs> it, so those are flaws, okay? I can't get past them. I also didn't buy the relationship between uh, Farrah uh, Verjama and the other two. It just didn't, it didn't work for me at all. So, I mean, I kind of liked it, but mostly because I felt I had to like it. <laughs> uh, Babel, you know what I like about Babel? That it was better than Crash. <laughs> it was better than Crash. And I liked the one segment with the the girl in Japan. In Japan, yeah. That was a good segment. The others were heavy-handed. Yeah, I uh, I hate Babel. Do you hate it more than Crash? Uh, <laughs> yes, I do. That's ridiculous. Get the <gasps> flip out of here. Get off the, I'm shutting your mic off. <laughs> No, I'm going to just tell you right now, it may run a close second to Crash. It is not as bad as Crash. It never will be as bad as Crash. And Letters to Iwo Jima, I, you, you didn't love that movie? Uh, I, I liked it. I, did you yeah, see I it did. in the theater? No. Get out of here. Um, and Little Miss Sunshine, you know what? That, that was like the full Monty for me. Uh, yeah. I saw that when it was in the theaters before it got nominated for anything, and I was outraged after the fact that I'm like, What? This movie was okay, but yeah. best picture? No, 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 no. No, it's just a fine little movie. It's There's nothing horribly wrong with it, and it's not that great either. And The Queen's probably the best of the five. It was a terrible year. Um, it was a terrible <laughs> year. Just, you know, again, Carrie just listed off a, 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 some classics and lives of others. Yeah. Even though it's a foreign film, most people haven't seen it. Talk about suspense. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great movie. So And just that, like heartbreaking oh, and beautiful. It, that and Pan's Labyrinth, though at the time Pan's Labyrinth wasn't my favorite movie. I, I've really grown to respect it over the years. 
And then I mentioned United 93. I know it's a tough yeah. film for people to watch. I can't even watch it a second time. Seeing it in the theater opening weekend with my uncle and his wife, I think I was biting my shirt the entire movie. And it's because of the approach that Paul Greengrass takes. Yeah. He takes it to a level where it just feels like we're seeing things in real time. I mean, obviously, it was only a few years after 9-11. It's really hard for people to take. I still think it's a masterful film. So I love that. Uh, I also love Children of Men, which I recently watched this weekend because my wife wanted to watch it. Yeah. Um, it also popped up heavily on that top 10 of uh, the, the decade. And I don't think it was maybe top 10 of the decade, but I, I do think it's a great film. And boy, in the 14 years since it came out, there's a lot of very eerily th similar things going on today. Oh, interesting. Uh, so watching that in the time of the pandemic mm. is really a fascinating uh, thing to do. Because they actually, because one of the characters, the, the main character, his uh, son had been killed in a flu pandemic that supposedly happened in like 2009 or something. But it just, when you heard that pop up, you're like, whoa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I really liked Children of Men. And I know that a lot of critics think it's one of the best films of the last decade. I, I have a few problems with it even still, but I liked it. Yeah, I like it too, but I don't quite get that best of the decade thing. Well, when, when was the last time you saw it? Uh, like a year after it came out. Well, you should check it out. I, I will. I'll check it out again. I mean, I like. I thought it was great, but and then yes, uh, the only other movie that uh, I'll mention that wasn't mentioned yet because I mean, Carrie, you covered the gamut of all the great movies. I I think my wife and I, I don't remember us laughing as hard in any movie before or since, um, and and his subsequent films have been horrible. So I think it was a one trick pony, <laughs> but it worked really well as Barat. Oh, yes. I, I laughed a lot in that. And I haven't seen any of his movies since then. They're, they're terrible. But I liked Brad. Okay. I liked Brad, too. Okay. So 2007 is an interesting year because it features in the race for best picture, two of, I think, the best films of the decade. Yeah. Um, and, the, and so it was really tough because the movie that won, uh, any other year would have been my number one film. And it is like high up on my list of the best decade. It just happened to come out in the year of a, an absolute 100% masterpiece that will <laughs> right. live on for 50 years. And that was my number one film. So the best film uh, winner and director was the Coen brothers, Joel Coen for No Country for Old Men, which, uh, again, I saw in the theater when it, opening weekend. I just flat out said no movie is going to beat this and was shocked yeah. that a film could beat it. It also had some of the best cinematography. And I said no film is going to beat that. And then lo and behold, one other film <laughs> was even better than that. Yes. Uh, Atonement, I didn't really care for that much. That was nominated for Best Picture, but it didn't get Best Director. That was Julian Schnabel for The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Oh, yeah. Very interesting movie. Um very interesting directorial technique. Then there was a film that I actually really, really liked. Haven't seen it since it came out in the theaters, but at the time, I think it was, you know, when my wife was pregnant, I think we were excited about our, uh, our first child. It was Juno, Jason Reitman. Mm-hmm. Then this is my head scratcher because I maybe need to see it again. <laughs> I didn't think it was that great. was uh, Tony Gilroy's Michael Clayton. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't just – critics love it. I couldn't get it. And then here's the film that I, I said was the best picture, but I'm not, I'm not disappointed that No Country for Old Men won, but is T Paul Thomas Anderson's There Will Be Blood. I loved every second of this movie, though it's not a film that I can really rewatch a lot because it's a hard film to watch, but it, I loved it. 
And I thought the cinematography was the best of the year, even though if you wanted to give it for the body of work, Roger Deakins, No Country for Old Men and Assassination of Jesse James in the same year. In the same year, yeah. Is amazing. But I think that the cinematography of There Will Be Blood was fantastic. There's the films. And now, Carrie, what do you got to say for yourself? Yeah, I agree with like most of what you're saying. You know, I feel good about No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Winning is a great movie. There Will Be Blood was awesome. Did not care about it. I saw Atonement and was sort of like, whatever. Juno was enjoyable, although I find Diablo Cody, while I enjoy her voice, it's like the same. Her voice is always coming out of all of her characters, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of differentiation. Right. Um, right. And that's over time you've discovered, right? Because she only, that was her first film, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But I have the same feeling about like Aaron Sorkin. You know, oh, yeah. you like, and Teal have a Thorkin thing. <laughs> I, and I don't think, you know, I don't find him as clever as he seems to find himself. <laughs> but he and he just like talks through. He basically has meat puppet. Characters. Yes. And I yes. feel that a little bit with Diablo Cody, although I find her humor charming and funny and smart. And Michael Clayton, I saw and vaguely remember was there Tilda Swinton, because that was probably the thing that I liked the most. Right. Was, she was in that, right? She won uh, Best Supporting Actress that year. Okay, well, good for her because she's, I love her. So, yeah, but it, it was it was uh, a year when I actually liked two of the, <laughs> the nominees yeah. a lot. And strongly. I mean, so I think 2000 year was a great year. <laughs> so Zodiac was this year, right? That's a film that critics put at, what, number three for the decade. Some yeah. people just think it's the greatest film ever. I liked it a lot. That's on, it's on my list of movies I liked from 2007. So Zodiac and... Eastern Promises. Yep. It's on my list. Uh, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, which is yes. a tough one. Love that movie. Yep. Yeah. And now I added Water Lilies, which now I've seen oh, it. It came out too. Nice, oh, yeah. <laughs> nice addition. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't, I hadn't seen it before. I really enjoyed Lars and the Real Girl. I liked it too. I know that's a, that's a iffy proposition for some, but I liked it. Yep. Yeah. Never seen it. Um, do you have a problem with the small blue gosling i kind of do loser (laughs) (laughs) i didn't like him when he first started out but i like that guy i liked him he's grown on me choices early on i didn't like his choices later on as much maybe choices in movies Mm. anyway there's a topic to snack on for another day (laughs) the ryan gosling i loved um control the about um, Joy Division. That was that was too that that's a great movie. Yeah, and it was um, uh, directed by Anton Korbjian, who's a photographer, and I so know. it's gorgeous looking. Oh, it's a good movie. You didn't see that, Teal, did you? No. Oh. I I recommend it. Uh, Waitress, directed by. Oh Adrian. yeah. Oh. oh yeah. No, see, we were all. Oh. It's just uh, it's so tragic. We're big yeah. Adrian Shelley fans, so yeah. Um, four, four months, three weeks, and two days, which is rough, but really good. I know it's rough. I've got it on my Criterion Collection queue. It's just, it's going to be a hard one, isn't it? It's it's very hard, but it's really good. It's really, it's a really good movie. It's another that's on the top 10, I think, for the decade or, or in the top 20. I want to see that. I've got uh, Talk to Me from Cassie Lemons. Oh, um, yeah. Which is Don Cheadle. Playing P.D. Green. I didn't uh, like that movie very much. I liked it. I I liked it. Uh, the Savages. Another. Oh, yeah. Philip- I that's just, a good almost, movie. <laughs> yeah. 
Any, almost anything with Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's just so great. And Laura Linney is great. And then Year of the Dog from Mike White with Molly Shannon. Oh, oh never saw it. I haven't seen yeah. that in a long time. Interesting. That's, that's my 2007 list. Well, see, see, this is like a, such a departure from the last two years. We got some really <laughs> good movies nominated and good movies to to discuss. What about you, TLZ? Okay, so I think we talked about this on the show before that I had never seen No Country for Old Men. So you just saw this movie? I just saw it this week, and I had seen the first twenty minutes before. Right, and then you had a problem with. The- and then my Xbox crashed, and I couldn't. Yeah. So I tried watching it again earlier this week and my PS4 crashed. It just crashes your system. <laughs> I was like, what is going The universe doesn't, but I was de- determined not to let the universe stop me from seeing this movie. Uh, let's see. I had a couple of thoughts. I, I was really familiar with the book. I had, right. uh, I read the book and I listened to the audiobook. I think it follows the book very closely, right? Except for one thing that bothered me a little bit, which is basically... In the book, there's more time between the last time we see Llewellyn and when we see him dead. Okay. And so it feels like the book has taken a big turn because it doesn't close that up quite as quickly as it does in the movie. So it, it's a very minor thing. It it's a shock in the movie. I remember at the time, yes. I'm like, wait, wait, what? I, and then you start to realize the Coen brothers aren't going to show you all the things that you'd normally see in a movie like this. Yeah, well, but that's right out of the book. Yeah, um, well, that's what. So that was the complaint at the time, and P and Joel's like, "Well, it was the way it was in the book. What do you want?" <laughs> yeah, no, I, I actually I liked it the way they did it. I, but it's just there was a little bit more time in the book, which created a little bit more tension for me there. It, it translates so well that it's it's basically what I had in my head, and so I don't know. I think it's a pretty great movie, but it's a little hard watching something like this after it's become a classic. Yeah, because then you're expecting, well, what is this that made it a classic? And it's hard. You're judging it differently. Uh, you're judging it differently. And so I would say that I didn't, I, I, I don't know, I liked, I didn't love it. I thought it was great. I like. I can't find anything really wrong with the movie. So I, I'll say I, I, I really liked this movie. I think it's great. I'll watch it again. But for me, out of those five movies, There Will Be Blood is uh, uh, just a masterpiece. There's no... Well, I think it's... For, for, for me, it's funny is that that same list I keep talking about, the the one number one film of the decade they put was Mulholland Drive. That's my number one. And number two, they had There Will Be Blood. That was my number two for the decade. So, I mean, <laughs> I remember hearing one thing about the movie and it was the ending is, is, is divisive and a lot of people don't like the ending. And I thought that the conclusion of that movie is is so fantastic. It's one of the great endings. <laughs> uh, I totally agree. I think it's perfect. I loved everything ending. about it. I did. Yeah. But then I realized that there's a lot of people that they they like very plain, ordinary kind of movies. And it's when the movie gives you different things, they're not going to like it. So They're not quite, yeah. So what other movies in 2007 did you like? Not much uh, mm-hmm. that hasn't been said already. <laughs> Right. Um, I liked The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. I did too. Thought that was a good movie. I, I really liked Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Carrie already mentioned it. I did too. I think Carrie, actually, I think you guys did. Yeah. That's, what, that's the benefit of going first, right? You get in all I mean, there, things. There's all sorts of movies. <laughs> there's all sorts of movies from that year that I don't like. But that's not this program. <laughs> but that's not this program. <laughs> okay. So Eastern Promises. Carrie mentioned yes. that, Assassination of Jesse James. It's a little slow, I'll be honest, but it has some amazing things, and I and I overall really liked it. Yeah. Um, another movie, I'm not saying it's my favorite, it just I liked it at the time, and I remember it, it's either you like it or you hate it. 
and yeah. I liked it, but I've never watched it again, so maybe I'd hate it the second time, was Across the Universe. I know oh, I thought I would yeah. hate it, but I really didn't. Sweeney Todd. Uh-huh. I liked Sweeney Todd. This is the last time I liked the Tim Burton movie, I think. Um, so you haven't you haven't seen Sweeney Todd? Uh, I, I've, I have not seen it. What about you, Carrie? Yes, I saw Didn't it. like it. Uh, it's okay. So, you don't have to okay. agree. I'm just, at the time, I haven't seen I'm it again. Giving, I'm telling you. I, I don't like I don't like any Tim Burton movies. Okay, and I like no you. That's not true. You liked Edward Scissorhands. Okay, that's true. Yeah, and Ed Wood. <laughs> you don't like Ed Wood. Ed Wood's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And B, and, and Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Uh... Get out now! I can't none, and I can't hear anymore. Stop! You know that's what I'm. Ugh. Now I'm in pain. All right, forget, stop it! Stop it! Right I'm just now. trying to bug you. Stop it! Okay, you know you just, like it. And I'm just trolling. And then the last movie was Once. I really liked. Oh, Once! Oh, I've right, gotten yeah, about Once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked that movie. Okay, so that's 2007, and now we're on to 2008. Okay, and I have to say, who wants to be a millionaire? The no. big sensation, Slumdog, Millionaire, Danny Boyle, Best Picture, Best Director. Best everything, huh? It was. It was a really weak year, I got to tell you, 2008. Um, a really uh, weak year, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, but uh, I just, I haven't watched the second half of it, but I just watched the first hour Slumdog Millionaire with my uh, oldest son, and I hadn't seen it since it came out in the theaters, and you know, I'm enjoying it. Uh, okay. I liked some of the approach of the film. Um, it's really a gorgeous looking movie. Uh, so, you know, again, I don't know. I don't know if it was necessarily the best picture of the year, but it being according, based on the films nominated, maybe. Because well, uh, I'm yeah. going to go, give you the rest and then we'll talk. Uh, you haven't even seen Slumdog, correct, Teal? Uh, haven't finished it. The next movie, a little bit of a head scratcher. Not that I didn't like it, just I would never have nominated it in a million years for Best Picture, was Curious Case of Benjamin Button by David Fincher. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, this is sometimes happens, is a filmmaker makes a movie that on retrospect or, or circumspect, people feel like, oh, we really should have nominated it for Best Picture. And that was Zodiac. So then the next movie he makes, they're like, wow, it's got to be good because Zodiac <laughs> was so good. So that's why they voted for David Fincher for Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Um, the third movie, this movie wasn't even a good movie. It was terrible, I thought. It was Ron Howard's Frost Nixon. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Gus Van Sant's Milk, which mm-hmm. it wasn't that it was a bad movie. It's just it can't hold a candle to the documentary uh, Times Harvey Milk, which I saw right. as a as a teenager when it first hit video, probably because Siskel and Ebert had talked about it and how great it was. And, and I was really affected by the documentary so much. It stayed with me. And, and this film didn't really offer me anything new. Uh, that you know, but it was but it was good and it was a great performance, I thought, from uh, Spicoli there, <laughs> much better than the one that he won when he when he won for the um, the Boston accent movie. Uh, Sean Penn. Yeah, Sean Penn. Thank you. I, I don't know why sometimes I blank out on these names. Oh, me too. But I like Milk, and I think maybe that was a good choice for nominees. I probably would have it was probably in my top ten that year, uh, and that was Gus Van Sant. Now this is the film that is just it has no business at all <laughs> being in the discussion. It's not a good movie. It's it's embarrassing in ways that crashes for me. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's all about Harvey Weinstein needing a film to be in the mix. And he decided the last minute to push this film because this is the best he had and he wanted to get a best actress win for this actress who should have been supporting in this film. She was not a lead actress. This is a terrible movie. The Stephen Daldry, The Reader. 
It's the yeah. one film out of the whole decade. It really angers me in many ways more than Crash because <laughs> wow. for, def- for, di- for different reasons, which we'll get into when it's my turn. But uh, those are the nominees. Uh, and I got a whole list of films that should have been nominated. Over that there. is pretty <sighs> weak. Wow. So weak. Which, by the way, when we get into this, this is, and, and Carrie might have some of these movies and then I'll mention, but this was the year because of films that weren't nominated. This is the year that got the Academy to change their rules because people were outraged at a couple of films not getting nominated. And I think when you have a film like The Reader gets nominated, it's it's embarrassing. And I I never saw it, but yeah. Yeah. So, oh, it it is. Carrie, did you see The Reader? Yeah. Oh, can you talk about it now that it's your turn? I mean, I probably can't. I mean, the the reason I'm not saying like a (laughs) lot about a lot of these movies is that my memory is like a sieve. I understand. Left with gauzy impressions. I'm like- and now I'm forgetting her name. Even Kate Winslet yes. in a bathtub with a teenager. I don't know. That's, That's what I'm movie. left with. <laughs> what angered me the most about that, I guess I'm jumping this gun, is because there's a film that I thought was a, was a masterpiece. And it featured, in my opinion... Kate Winslet's absolute best performance she ever did. And why, and because it wasn't a Weinstein movie, she didn't get nominated for this, but she got nominated for The Reader, which was Revolutionary Road. Oh, yeah. I love Revolutionary Road. Roger Deakins' cinematography. He wasn't nominated for that, but he got co-nominated for The Reader. Uh, Again, it's the Weinstein push. Revolutionary Road is a devastating movie. Um, It features a great performance by Winslet and DiCaprio. Anyways, that's why it angers me so much about the readers because Revolutionary Road should have been there. It should have been the movie that was there, yeah. So, Carrie, what other movies did you like? First of all, well, I never saw Benjamin Button because I was not interested. (laughs) Honestly, I have no idea if I saw Milk or not, but I agree with you. The Harvey Milk story? You didn't see that? The documentary I did. Well, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, That was great. I recommend that. And I didn't see Frost. Nixon and I did not like Slumdog Millionaire. Didn't like it. No. You didn't get up and do a big Bollywood dance at the end like they do in the movie? <laughs> no, I did not. Oh. I did not do it. Why uh, did you yeah, like it? I'm felt, curious. I am too. I think I felt just like manipulative and all those big important movies that win Best Picture for the Academy, it, it falls into that manipulative category a bit. I just wasn't yeah, I just wasn't like moved by it. It didn't seem genuine. <laughs> okay, interesting. <laughs> well, what so, Teal, I know it's tough because Teal, you can't comment on it because yeah, you don't I'm see not, it. I I'm think not, you're I, I'm, I'm just curious now. Yeah, yeah, and I'm trying to remember because I don't like I can't like tell you about scenes or you know I just I just have like how how I felt when I saw it is what I remember. But I, and I think you know when I really like a movie, more things stick with me, and uh, my brain just kind of deletes everything if I'm like, eh. sure. Some other ones that I really loved that year are uh, The Wrestler. It's on my list. I thought it was great. Yep. The Swedish Let the Right One In. Yes. Not that other American one, which I didn't like. I I really love that movie. And I think thinking about horror movies that kind of transcend, I mean, this movie to me is a sort of like a metaphor for codependent relationships, basically. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, really, I'm not even joking. Like- Literally someone who's just going to take and take and take and another person who's just completely devoted to supporting them. And that's their whole life. Teal, have you seen that? Yeah. Okay. Um, Rachel getting married. 
That's on my list. Yep. Wendy and Lucy, which I know you're not such a fan <laughs> <That's> of. Okay. <laughs> we, we room to I know. Opinions. That's one I like. Um, Happy Go Lucky from Mike Lee. Oh my God, that is a great movie. Yeah, it's it's really good. She should have been nominated for Best Actress. Yeah, really. Um, I've Loved You So Long, which is a French movie with Kristen Scott Thomas. I saw that. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frozen River. That's good. This really indie movie. I'm curious if either of you have seen this movie, Ballast. Yes. You have, Till? I have seen Ballast. Yeah. About the I kid. loved it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. really uh, evocative Im- imagery, I remember. Right. It's super poetic. Yeah. Sort of in terms of imagery and other stuff. And then uh, there's another one I'm really curious if you saw. This wasn't. I don't believe this was like a theatrical release at all. I think this was just released online for free. It's an animated movie called Sita Sings the Blues. It sounds vaguely familiar, but yeah. It's the story of two particular Hindu, no, one particular Hindu god and their other Hindu gods mixed in. And it's, I guess there's a particular story called the Ramayana about Rama. And so it's sort of a discussion of the Ramayana, which is animated through collage. And it, but it's, it's Indian voices trying to remember what the story is and kind of arguing with each other a little bit. And like the story comes together through their conversation. And then it's intercut with like a different form of animation that's kind of very bright and deco-y that is, I don't even know how to fully describe it, but it's just like fantastical creatures and battles and gods and... Um, you're following the story, but then the music is the singing of Annette Hanshaw, who's these 1930s singer who has that kind of high warbly um, stylized singing from the time, singing romance songs, and then intercut again with a modern sort of romance story. And it's just super original. And I love, I've watched it maybe six or seven times because I'll watch it with someone who's never seen it. And I love watching them see it. And it's just really unique and beautiful. Can you say that title one more time? Sita, S-I-T-A, Sings the Blues. I think you can just find it for free on maybe Vimeo or just Google it and because it's always been available online. Teal, you got anything that we did on the conversation? Very quickly, this, this was the year uh, that my oldest daughter was born. Okay. I don't think I went to the movies more than once or twice that whole year. Got it. And so I missed a bunch of these movies, but out of the best picture nominees, I just don't care. Okay. There you go. <laughs> about right. any of those movies, really. All right. Well, is there anything that, that in, now that you've, you know, over the years you've seen that you like from that year? Burn After Reading. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it would be necessarily on my top list. Uh, there is a movie that is, maybe it's a little bit of a guilty pleasure, but I really enjoy from that year, uh, Ip Man. Oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. Uh, the uh, the other Ip Man movies are not that great, but the first one is really good, actually. Not the greatest year, really, I think. No, and yet there was a lot of great movies, but didn't get nominated. Carrie mentioned The Wrestler. That was one that was in my top five. Uh, another movie I really liked would have been in my top 10. I'm just in the conversation is In Bruges. I really liked. Oh, I love that. Was that year? Yep. Oh, I like that I, one too a lot. I like that a lot. I've seen that like four times. It's a Colin Farrell movie that I can get behind. <laughs> well, yeah, you, maybe it's because he's not doing an American accent. Well, he's better when he's doing his own accent and he's, and yeah. he's just, but he's, he's likable in that movie. He is. Yeah. Another movie that 
you know, I find it lags a little bit in the third act, but there's no denying that the first half of the movie is pretty much a masterpiece. And it certainly should have been up for the discussion. And it's what kind of helped push the Academy to think about expanding the category was Wally. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Revolutionary Road, I mentioned. Uh, Rachel Getting Married, I also really liked. Yep. And there, I thought that Anne Hathaway uh, should have been the best actress winner that year. I thought she was pretty uh, great, and I believed her. Another movie that was in my top 10 that year, and we talked about Meryl Streep and how sometimes I don't think she deserves the nominees, and yeah. other times she does. She was fantastic, and so was Philip Seymour Hoffman in Doubt. Yeah. That was great. Oh, I never saw that. It was yeah, it's a good one. And this movie would have been it's not my particular favorite. However, you have to recognize it was the cultural sensation of the year. It did feature a dazzling supporting performance. It was it exploded. It was all that anybody talked about and I would make room for it for best picture because A was better than the reader and the fact that so many people did love it. And it helped push the Academy to make a larger category for Best Picture was The Dark Knight, Christopher Nolan. Again, Mm -hmm. it's an important movie in the world of comics or whatever. Um, I liked his approach to it being more of a crime story than a superhero story. Uh, So I I enjoyed it. But I I mean, I also had some problems, especially towards the end. uh, There's some things I didn't like. But anyways, that was another film. So now, the last year. Oh, do you have anything you need to say on that deal? Oh, I was just going to say that a lot of young people I know consider The Dark Knight to be a real classic. Yeah, and that's wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, but but like a really, oh like a seriously, like it's one of the greatest movies of their generation kind of thing. Well, you know, I saw this film, I saw all three of his trilogy. Yeah. Of these bad, I saw them in IMAX, and this was at a time when there was IMAX was all film. Right. So these were projected on large format 70 millimeter pieces of film, yeah. um, like 15 perf. And when in The Dark Knight, he shot those sequences actually yes. in when you see those sequences projected on it, it it immerses you in a way that those action scenes cuz i've seen them on you know on on, yeah. on video before they they come to life in a way that you just have to experience and it really was amazing so i think when you run into people that just talk about how great the action on that movie was yeah. chances are they saw the IMAX performances okay. uh and and they really were very immersive um so when people really love christopher nolan i think that he does give a very immersive experience if you see his movies in IMAX. Okay, interesting. And I know you've never seen a movie in IMAX. Uh, no. Anyways, last year, and I don't know if we're going to have a ton of movies that aren't included because this is a year they decided to do 10 films. Right. Nominated for Best Picture, so a lot got nominated. I'm going to read you the list. I will tell you which films actually got nominated for Best Director as well, and then we can uh, discuss. Yeah. The Hurt Locker was the winner. Catherine Bigelow, historic. We talked about her on the last programs. So I don't know if we need to go into that too much. I think the win was more about history than whether or not the movie was the best of the 10 movies, but it doesn't matter. That's the film that won, and it beat out the probably who would have won if she didn't win was James Cameron with Avatar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a film that I just could never sit and watch on the small screen, but it is the single greatest 3D IMAX experience that I ever had. It is insane in IMAX, but it's much different story on the small screen. 
every flaw comes to life in the small screen. Uh, I can't get past the unobtainium and some of the hokey dialogue. <laughs> I just can't, and I won't. Uh, but my kids love that movie, and it's a film that kids discover at a certain point, like my youngest, and he'll watch it two or three times. He loves it. And so, you know, by the time my kids are 20, the sequels will be out. <laughs> right. Um, this is a movie I think is like, again, following in the uh, grand tradition of Babel and Crash, the very embarrassing uh, The Blind Side, uh, nominated oh. for Best Picture and winner for um, Best Actress, which is just ridiculous. Uh, oh. Yeah. So, you know. I, I just don't, you know, isn't there somebody at some point along the line who says, maybe this is more complicated than we think? <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people like, a lot of white people, I think, like The Blind Side. Um, yeah. Uh, so that was nominated, but I guess it shows you that when you have 10 slots, there's room for a lot of movies that are popular, and including yeah. this next film, which I didn't see in the theater, but again, we had a small uh, baby and we couldn't see everything. And I did see it on video and I thought, oh, it was really good. I understand why people liked it a lot. And then I think that the guy's career since then has been very problematic, but is District 9. Yeah. I liked that. Here's a film that I not only thought was one of the best films of the year that year, I would have loved to have seen this woman director be nominated for Best Director, and I thought it featured the best female performance of the year way better than Sandra Bullock in The Blind Side, and that was Lone Shefferings and Education. Mm-hmm. Uh, did mm-hmm. not get nominated for Best Director, but Best Picture nominated, and Kate Mulligan was Best Actress, and I thought she was fantastic in it. But again, I like those coming-of-age stories, so I could be biased. Then there's a nominee for Best Director, big sensation that year, Quentin Tarantino and Glorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Probably would have been my pick so far out of these choices. Um, I've seen it a couple of times. That's it. Uh, I do like it, but I didn't like it as much the second time as I did when I saw it the first time. Oh, interesting. Um, Well, once the surprise is over, because when I went in that opening weekend, I did not know what was going to happen at the end of that movie. And uh, he really did at that time pull the the rug under me because I just couldn't believe he had the audacity to do what he did. Right. I was like, you can't do that. But wait a minute, he did. And, and then I was like, well, why not? And why it kind of works. That? It works. Yeah. I was like, you know, you can't just do it. Because the, what the best part about that movie was is the suspense is you know or you think you know what's going to yes. happen based on history. And then what he does is then you're just like, oh, I guess I didn't know. <laughs> hey, I'm in a Tarantino yeah. world. So I really liked that film. And then- uh, here's a movie that nominated for Best Director, Lee Daniels for Precious. Yep. Not one of my favorites, but I but I respected it. And then I, I really liked the supporting performance. She won Best Supporting Actress that year. I can't remember her name, but there was a lot to do because she wouldn't uh, campaign for the Oscar. And Monique. She Monique, yes. I, I thought she was fantastic in that. Then uh, another movie that I really liked was in my top 10 that year, The Coen Brothers, A Serious Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Disney didn't get out for Wally, but they got a nominee for Up, which is a great movie. I, I, again, I think it gets a little silly in the last act, but the opening 10 minutes, it made me cry then. It makes me cry every time I watch it. And so I think just for the opening 10 minutes alone, Up was a good choice. Uh, then another Jason Reitman movie. He seemed to be on a roll for a few years yeah. there. Uh, a movie that I thought at the time was one of the best films of the year, but I've never wanted to visit it again was Up in the Air. Mm-hmm. I just saw that for the first time very recently. Does it does it hold up? Because it was very timely as far as what was happening with the economy crash and people getting downsized. And 
I don't know if I would put it, you know, necessarily best picture, but it, it was, I enjoyed it. It was a good movie. I, I liked watching it. And I, as you know, I'm a Anna Kendrick fan. Yeah, she was great in that. Um, then, you know, the uh, only couple of movies that I thought were really good that didn't get nominated, uh, I thought A Single Man was pretty fantastic mm-hmm. and with Colin Firth. Yeah. And then I also uh, liked, uh, but I didn't love, but I liked was Tinker Taylor, um, Soldier Spy. Oh, yeah. That's that's a decent movie. Same guy that did uh, the movie that Carrie just mentioned that she really liked. Which yes. Which is the film that- uh, the, Lives the, of Others? No, no. no. The, Swedish, uh, the Swedish vampire movie. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Let the right one in. Yeah. Thomas Alfredson. Thank you. That's the one. Or Tomas. Yeah, he's the one who directed it. So anyways, that's it. That, that's the list. What about, what do you think? What are your thoughts, Gary? That's a lot of movies to nominate. Oh, I talked yeah, about I think Hurt. it's too much. <laughs> yeah, it's too many. So we talked about The Hurt Locker. You know, I mean, it's a solid movie. I don't love it, love it, but it's, you know, it's a fine movie. I think there's something I didn't like about Avatar. I don't know. Did you see it in theater? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. There's, what what do you mean you don't know? There's so many things to not like about Avatar. <laughs> That's totally not a teal movie for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I didn't like it. I don't remember why I don't like it. I just know I don't like it. That's you're not, so you're not ready to revisit it anytime soon. Yeah. I uh, would revisit I, it with my kids, but. I did not see The Blind Side because that's some oh, white man. saver racist <laughs> ridiculousness. Oh, man. Uh, District 9 seems solid. I, education was fine. I really liked Inglorious Bastards a lot. Precious I liked. Serious Man I liked. And Up was fine and Up in the Air was fine. But so some other ones that I really liked a lot that year, and I know Jim agrees with me on my first one, which is uh, Dogtooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the weir- the okay. wacky... I'm sorry that 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 would be that would just already be the number one film of the year for me there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dog Dogtooth is just great. It's weird. It's difficult. It's original. It's bizarre. It's just really really good. Um, I've also got the White Ribbon. I am Love, which is this kind of over the top romantic Italian movie with Tilda Swinton, but the romance goes so far that it's kind of weird, and I it's kind of ridiculous, but I mean intentionally so. And I, I, I just really liked her and I liked it. Fish Tank is another Andrea mm-hmm. Arnold. Crazy Heart with Jeff Bridges and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Broken Embraces, Almodovar. Um, Bright Star from Jane Campion. Mm-hmm. The Messenger, I liked a lot. Oh, that was good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, with with uh, Woody Harrelson? Is, mm-hmm. Yeah. Ben Foster. Yeah, and yeah, ben, ben Foster. Foster. I liked that Samantha movie. Morton. Yeah, that yeah. was a good one. And there's this animated kids movie that from this year that i loved called the secret of kells that's oh that's a great movie Hmm. yeah yes i've watched that with my kids yeah really great animation yeah right the animation is really original and wonderful and it's kind of dark and scary and just really good and then uh mick max i don't know that I don't it's know the that French. So it's at least part of it's Jean Pierre's. You know, is that how you say? Yeah, name? yeah, yeah. Uh huh. So he's part of the team that was the with, Amelie and yeah, and Delicatessen and that. I mean, I can't remember how they all combined with who, which of them was the pair and which was what. But it's this kind of weirdo steampunk superheroes on a mm. quest in cool. Paris. Yeah, and it's really fun and and you know weird as his movies will be i also like fantastic mr fox yeah 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 you always find these very interesting movies carrie that i've never heard of 
And that's what's cool. <laughs> that's so, really cool you. to me. I just figure you probably know all of them. I know. I really actually you put us to shame because I think we went over that list of 50 and you would actually seen more of those films than I had. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how that happens, but. And Jim was a few ahead of me. There were a few films on there I'd never heard of. Yeah. You pointed out a couple of those on this list that we were talking about from World of Real that I'm like, I've never heard of this movie. I'm being honest. Yeah. I hadn't heard of some of them. This is a, this is just. Because to contextualize a list of the top, was it 50 or 100? It was, it was top 50 of the, yeah, the of decade, the decade 2000 to 2009. We're going to have to wrap up this episode. Was there anything else on the 2009? Or yeah, I'm not going to go movies? through all the Best Picture nominees, but I would have given it to Inglorious Bastards or Hurt Locker, probably Inglorious Bastards. But Hurt Locker is a fine choice, too. I'm not crazy about any of the movies on that list, though. Another movie that came out that year, which is, again, millennials consider this a classic. Oh, I can't wait for this. <laughs> it, it's like a touchstone movie somehow. 500 Days of Summer. Oh, uh, I, I, I liked that movie, but I've yeah. seen it a couple of times. I think I like it a little less each time. It's like a twee, uh, a twee hipster romance. Yeah, it, exactly. But people love it. Um, okay, well, there we go. Do we have any other thoughts on this decade uh, or anything before we close? Uh, did you now, Teal, feel like you have thought about all the films in from 2000 to 2009 that you could pick a best picture of the decade? Well, best picture of the decade is easy, right? It is? What is yeah. it? Small Holland Drive. So you now, because you, I remember when we talked about it, you said, well, it could be, but now you feel that, that yes, it is. Now that we've gone through the decade, I, 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 I can't think of another film that had as much impact on me as Small Holland Drive. And that is how I feel. What about you, Carrie? Do you have a particular favorite if you would just sum up the entire decade, your favorite film or best film of the la that 10-year period? No. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I do not. Okay. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I don't work like that. That's fine. We're not going to, you know. I have a whole, you know, array. Okay. Um, well, I want to thank Carrie. It's, it's always a pleasure to have you on. And even though we were talking about not your favorite topic, the Oscars, but. I like talking about movies with you guys. So thanks for having me again. Yeah, it's been great. I know. And clearly you, you know more about movies than we do because you've seen <laughs> way more and put us to shame. Well, I don't know about that. I might have seen more. <laughs> Hey, and uh, just uh, for, for people wondering what's coming up next on Criterion Channel, they are celebrating Pride Month. A couple of films, uh, one that I haven't seen since it first came out in theaters, and I do want to revisit it because I'm just curious as to what what is time done to the movie? Is, is it an artifact or is it better than it was at the time? Is Gus Van Sant's... My Own Private Idaho. My Own Private Idaho. That is going to be on. It, it really is a film that I feel like it's disappeared for a while. So I'm excited to take a look at that again. And then also the D.A. Pennebaker documentary uh, filming of the Broadway album of Company yes. from 1970. And the reason why I'm really fascinated about that, um, so this is uh, Stephen Sondheim's Company. It's a very famous documentary, but it's made more famous by Documentary Now, the last yeah. season, they did a whole uh, riff on this and they did a spoof and it was called Tenement instead of Company. But they used the exact same cameras and everything that was used to make Company so that it could be authentic. And so I really would like to check Company out. So that's going to be on next month as, as well. So you might want to look for those. Any other plugs, Carrie? No, I don't have any. No plugs. 
Sorry. <laughs> Nothing you're looking forward I'm, to seeing. I'm so tired today. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward I to uh sorry. I'm looking forward to the Milan movie. Okay, great. All right, well Kelly has to run. Um so you know, this is it. Till the next time. Stay safe out there. Stuffweseen.com, uh, feedback at stuffweseen.com and uh, you know, go see some stuff on your TV, except HBO Max. If you have Roku, forget it. Right. <laughs> All right. Bye, Carrie. Goodbye Bye. to you. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>